Uh, we're going through a yearly devotional book. If you're new here, uh, if you're a visitor here and you haven't heard this yet, uh, we're going through a yearly devotional book where each week we focus on one word. And it's been an excellent uh, series so far. And during the week, there are five lessons written about that word. And we still have some books over in the Van Zant Center. If you have not gotten one yet, uh, make sure to go over there. We have enough books for everybody. Uh, and this week, today, our word is grace. I started school back in August uh, again in graduate school, and that has been an experience for me. Uh, it, you know, I'm always looking, I'm a good student most of the time, but I'm always looking for ways to cut corners. And I don't care how good of a student you are, you are too, okay? I'm not the only one in here that's looking for ways to cut corners. And I love when the teacher says, all right, here's your study guide. This is exactly what's going to be on the test. Be here this weekend uh, or be here at the next class. And I'm going to ask you questions over these specific points. And if he gives me the exact questions, that's even better. Uh, but I also like when the teacher says, and he does this often, we'll be in class and in the middle of it, he'll say, you might want to write this down this may find its way to a test near you. And I love when he does that because I know, and, and I always, you know, I'm on a, in an online class and I can see all my students or, or all my <laughs> classmates. Uh, and I always like to watch everybody after the teacher says that because everybody starts scrambling for their paper and their pencils to try to get it out and make sure they don't miss this point that he's about to make. Uh, grace is that point, I feel like. I feel like you, you get to this point in our one-word study, and it's like, do not miss this. The big picture is incomplete without this. Now, up here on the slides, uh, I'll show you. There's a picture I've put on here that is in some of the newer devotional books. And uh, let's see if we got it up there. You got it, David? Next one. Okay. Uh, in some of your newer books, uh, there is this outline, and it goes all the way through all of the lessons, and it's categorized into different areas. Over the last few weeks, we've been under this category, the big picture. Two weeks ago, we talked about sin. Last week, we talked about wrath, and praise God, that's not the end of the story, because this morning, we get to talk about the grace of God, and I, I think that the writer of Hebrews understood in Hebrews twelve fifteen, when he said, see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. Do not miss grace. Don't miss that this is a huge part of the bigger picture, and the big picture is not complete without it. Uh, we talked last week, or two weeks ago, about sin. The fact that we are lost, uh, that all have fallen short of the glory of God, and then last week, the result of that, if we don't do anything about it, we're going to experience the wrath of God, and this week, the grace. So turn to Ephesians chapter 2, and we're going to be start out in verses 1 through 3 together. Ephesians chapter 2. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, 
among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath. Let me read that again. We're by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. So Paul is talking about something similar that we have talked about the last two weeks. He's talking to a group of people who were dead in their sins. Dead in their sins. Last week we talked about the wrath that is coming to people who live their whole life dead in their sins. If that's where you are, or if that's where you have been, dead in your sins, and we've all been at that point at some point in our lives, then we can relate to this passage. Because that is exactly who Paul is speaking to. Those who are dead in their sins. They've been labeled as dead. So let me ask you this. What's, what's going on in your life right now? What sin is Satan trying to use to cause you to become dead in your sins? What sin is Satan trying to use to wrap you up, to lose your focus? What is it? Is it anger? Are you letting your anger just take over your body? Are you letting your anger just control who you are? Is it idolatry? Is there an idol in your life? Is it a, is it a person? Is it a cell phone? Is it your computer? What is it that is your idol? Is, is that what Satan is trying to use to control you? To take over your life? To cause you to become dead in your sins? Or is it jealousy? Is it jealousy? Is there someone that you're jealous of? Someone who has something that you want so badly that is taking over you? What struggle is it that you have now that you feel like you're stuck with? We all kind of have that one struggle that we feel like we're stuck with and we can't shake. I want to tell you about a guy named Brian Widner. Brian came from a broken home. This is a picture of Brian. He was raised by an alcoholic grandmother, and he began to take care of himself because he couldn't depend on anyone in his family. And at the age of 14, and I, I was, you can look him up and, and watch a video online about him, uh, but at the age of 14, he says that since he couldn't, he was learning to take care of himself, that he learned to hate. That's what he was known for, hatred. This is a group uh, he, he joined. Uh, it's called the Skinheads. He joined this group, and this is a group that was dedicated to hatred. It was known for their violence towards other people. And to signify his move to this tough guy movement, uh, Brian decided to start getting tattoos because he felt like that made him look tough, that that made him look like a real tough dude. So mostly, he started getting these tattoos that had some sort of message of hate. And uh, he had several swastikas on his body. Uh, and, and all of these tattoos have some sort of meaning to them. Uh, he was a member of several neo-Nazi skinhead organizations. And he was known as being one of the more violent members of this organization. One investigator, when referencing to him, called him the pit bull of this violent movement. That was Brian. He was the pit bull. 
he eventually became the leader of his own hate group because the groups that he was a part of weren't enough for him, so he created his own hate group. And over time, he started to see that people were more than what he valued them to be. He started, see, he started seeing these humans as what they were, and he no longer wanted to be violent towards them. But unfortunately, he was so far locked up in his, in his sin, in this movement, this hatred, that he had no idea how to get out. He felt like if he tried to get out, that he may be killed for it, and that he would never be able to turn away from this movement that he was a part of. Sometimes we feel like we're stuck in our sin. Whatever that struggle is that came up earlier, you feel like you're stuck there. And maybe it's something that you've been dealing with for so many years that it's kind of a part of you, and you feel like there's no way out. And thankfully, this story doesn't end here because as Christians, there is always a way out. There is always an answer to the sins that we're struggling with. So the first point I want to make is the fact that grace can rescue you from the worst situations. Grace can rescue you. So we're going to continue this story about Brian. Brian, uh, he started... He, he, his wife started reading the Bible out of the blue kind of one day, started reading the Bible, and she started thumbing through it, and she, had, she decided that this was a good way for him to put away his hatred. For the first time, Brian said once he found Jesus that he was able to smile again. And so he started looking for ways, even though he had put this hatred away in his heart, it was still plastered all over his face. So Brian started looking for ways to get rid of these tattoos on his face um, because he couldn't get jobs because people would see this and he would have these hatred symbols all over his face. He couldn't get jobs. He was, ex- he was having extreme difficulties in his relationships and he just needed to rid himself of this hatred altogether by getting rid of these tattoos. And so Brian became desperate to have these tattoos removed, and he couldn't afford to have the surgery uh, to have these tattoos removed. And so he started even looking into uh, putting his face in acid to get rid of these tattoos, to just burn them off, even though he would be scarred for his life and experience some great pain. And Brian's wife finally made a phone call to an organization who, who helps people, and he received an anonymous donation to remove all of the tattoos on his face. And he underwent a painful 25 tattoo removal treatments, 25 treatments over the course of two years. And here's the picture of that process. The first one, of course, being the one I showed you on the last slide, the last picture. And the last one is what he looks like today. And now today, Brian is living a life as a husband, as a Christian, uh, and as a father, and he's trying to live a life away from this hatred. Grace can transform you from the sins of your past, even though it seems like that isn't the case. Look at verse 10 of Ephesians 2. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, 
which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Grace gives you an opportunity to be who you were created to be, no matter what is in your past. Grace can transform you. And Paul, in writing this letter to the Ephesians, understood what it meant to be dead in his sins. Think back to Paul, who was once Saul, who was a murderer. And Paul understood what this meant, to be dead in your sins. Then we get to verse 4, and he says, but God. Let me ask you this, what is your but God moment? And that sounds kind of funny when you say it, but what is your but God moment? For Paul, it was when a bright light shone from heaven and opened his eyes to Christ, opened his eyes to what God wanted to do in his life. A but God moment is the moment in your life where you realize that you are dead in your sins and that you need to turn away from that. That is your but God moment. God is going to rescue you at this point. That is the point where God, you realize that God will rescue you. That God wants to rescue you. Maybe right now is that moment for you. That you're sitting there and you're thinking, I am lost, I am dead in my sins, but God. But God. God can transform you. No matter where you're at in your life, God has the ability to transform you. And now we're going to look at verses 4-7 through seven that were read for us this morning. Look at verses 4-7. through seven. But God being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved and raised us up with Him, and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. And this is not a transformation that we deserve. This transformation that God can bring us is not a transformation that we deserve, but it is a gift from God through our relationship with Him, that God gives to those in relationship with Him, all people who are in relationship with Him are given this gift. I want to take you back a few years to the day that I got engaged. Now, this picture uh, that I'm about to show you, I want to go ahead and assure you that I received permission to show this photo right here. Um, this was the day that Allison and I got engaged. It was a glorious moment. One of the happiest moments in my life. And I want to take you two days later. Two days later, I was heading home. And I was feeling really good. And we had just gotten engaged. And you know what you do when you're driving on a long trip. And you're feeling good. Your speed kind of rises up a little bit. You know what I'm talking about. You've all been there. Don't act like you haven't. So my speed kind of crept on up a little bit, and I'm driving, I'm cruising back home on Monday morning after spending the weekend with my now wonderful fiance, and I see those blue lights come on. And I'm already thinking, I've got to get out of this. I can't let this ruin this wonderful moment that I've had this weekend. And so this cop pulls me over, and I graciously 
pulled over on the side of the road and humbled myself. And he walks up to the door and I've, I tried to put a big smile on my face because he couldn't shake my excitement from this weekend. And he walks up to the window and he says, sir, can I ask you why you were speeding today? And I said, man, I'm just going to be completely honest with you. I was feeling so good because I just got engaged two days ago and I was feeling so good that I was just cruising and I didn't even care how fast I was driving. And he looked at me and he said, well, I don't want to make your weekend any worse. Because, And I thought, wow, wow. But he said, I don't want to make your weekend any worse. I'm just going to let you go today. And then we proceeded to have this long conversation. People probably thought I was getting a background check over there because we stood there or we sat there. I didn't get out. Uh, but we had this long conversation. And this policeman, he let me off even though I didn't deserve it. Now that is grace right there. Grace is when you receive something that you do not deserve. And unfortunately, you do not deserve the grace of God. And, and to me, this is what's so transformational about grace is that I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. I have been dead in my sins. I have behind God's back. I have tried to do things that I shouldn't. I don't deserve the grace of God, just like I didn't deserve to get off from that policeman. But this type of grace is the reason that God sent His Son, Jesus, to die for you. This type of grace. Grace that you do not deserve. And that's what John meant when he said, For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. Accept the free gift of grace this morning. Accept the free gift of grace that God is trying to give to you. A transformational grace. And not only does He want you to accept His grace, but God wants you to give His grace to other people. And, and this, is, this is probably one of the hardest things to do. This is probably one of the hardest parts of the process of being a Christian and being in a strong relationship with God is this right here, the fact that God wants us to give His grace to other people. And I'm going to say something now that, that may be hard to hear, but there are some people in your life that probably need to hear something from you that you haven't said to them yet. There's, there's several things that people may need to hear from you. Maybe I am sorry. Uh, maybe that someone needs to hear from you the words, I love you. Or maybe someone needs to hear the words, I forgive you. There are several people maybe in your life that need to hear something. And what is keeping you from giving God's grace to the people around you? Now, when I was a kid, I was taught that if I did something wrong to someone, that I needed to go and apologize, right? That I needed to go and kind of earn their favor back. Uh, I needed to do something good. And I think that's a good thing for kids to learn, but but this is, a, this is not a biblical view of grace. Grace is not something that someone else needs to earn from you. Maybe you're sitting there and you're waiting on someone to come 
and ask you for your grace. Or you're waiting on someone to do something to earn your grace back. To earn your favor back. But that is not a biblical view of grace. Grace is giving something that someone else may not deserve. Grace cannot be earned. Grace is a free gift from God. I want you to think about the people in the Bible who were transformed by grace. Uh, Think about David. David took an opportunity to show God's grace to Saul. He had an opportunity to to defeat his enemy who was out to kill him, yet he let him go free. Or what about Joseph and his family? His brothers threw him in a pit and sold him into slavery. They didn't do anything to deserve it back, but Joseph, out of his grace, helped feed them. Or what about Jonah? Jonah tried to run from God. Jonah tried to hide from God. He was swallowed by a huge fish. And Jonah didn't deserve it, but God gave him a second chance. Or what about the jailer? The jailer had several Christians locked up in his jail cell. And Paul and Silas easily could have run off and left this man who was on the brink of killing himself. But yet they stayed and showed the jailer, the grace of God. And because of that, it transformed the jailer. God's grace is greater than anything you could possibly imagine. His grace is greater than anything that you have experienced in your life. And if you have experienced it, you know that it is the greatest thing you can possibly experience. God wants you to give that back to the other people in your life. Today, I want you to recognize that God is offering a free gift to you and that God wants you to offer a free gift of grace to your enemies, to the people who have wronged you, to the people who have upset you. God wants you to offer that grace to those people just as He has offered to you. So I'm challenging you now to accept the free gift of grace from God And also to leave here today and think of those people who may need to hear some words from you, who may need to hear that you have forgiven them, who may need to hear that you love them. How can you show the grace of God to the people in your life today? And I'm challenging you to go and do that. This morning, I want you to accept the grace of God. If that means being baptized and becoming a Christian, then I'm challenging you to do that this morning. Don't leave here without accepting the grace of God, or if you have known of the grace of God and you've been baptized in the past, but you have fallen away, I pray that you would accept the grace of God today and let it transform your life just as it did so many people in Scripture, just as it has so many people in today's world. If you have a need, please come up as we stand and sing.